Hey everybody, it's Michael Martin. Thanks for being here. So, you know, there was some uh, some pretty volatile moves in the commodity markets recently, and I got some interesting messages about, you know, how do you enter orders in that type of an environment when things are going crazy? Um, and I think the analogy is you can do the same thing for stocks. So it doesn't matter what the trigger is or what the instrument is. Commodity markets can certainly move very, very sharply, but so can stocks. And I think, um, you know, with the commodities, though, you have the implied leverage, right? Because you're only putting down between who knows what, 3 and 10% of the notional value as margin. Whereas stocks, you're either paying cash or you can use some, some type of, you know, buying power, you know, whether it's through Reg T or whether it's through credit that's extended to you through a member, a broker dealer or a proper proprietary trading firm. So... So a few things can happen. One, you know, when a surprise announcement happens where they say inventory is this or demand is this or people have tendered this and there's a sharp move because a lot of people are caught off guard, you know, it's super hard to jump into the market just sitting and looking at it and watching it take off from you. So normally what the pros do is if they can anticipate through their own analysis, which they can do because they are doing not just charting, but they're also doing, you know, um, supply and demand studies, regression analysis on all of that, you know, old school. And that's, it's not terribly new. You know, people have been doing that. Amos Hostetter used to do it going back into the 60s, maybe even earlier. So it's not uncommon for folks who trade those things to do their own research. Um, that being said, you can put in, uh, if you expect, you know, demand to be up or supply to be tight or numbers to be revised, you know, accordingly so that it shows up bullish on the tape, you can put in a buy stop, you know, above the market so that if there is a runaway move, you'll already have a, a, an order in. Now, there are some dangers that go with that. You know, for one, if you're doing it good till cancel, you should somehow have some kind of a system that shows you what all your open orders are. So the last thing you want to do is put an order in. Um, you know, good till cancels are good for, you know, depending on your firm. They might cancel them every week. They might cancel them every month. I don't know. It varies. I think technically there can be on the books for up to six months. So you want to be mindful of how do you keep track of all those orders because the minute you put an order in in say you know may 20th and now you know we're in july and nothing's happened you know maybe you have it there as a, as a as you know to kind of hedge against missing a trade if there's an outlier move but then you have to figure out when was your analysis off and that outlier move more unlikely to happen cancel the order take the risk off because you don't want to be stuck in something that you kind of changed your mind on now having said that sometimes depending on how big you know you're trading you can't put an order on the floor necessarily because it's too big you need too much size right and there's no sense in showing your hand uh, for something that's you know, who knows, a dollar away in the commodity markets is could be a big move. Um, you know, $5 away in crude could be, you know, a bigger move. 
So what you can do is put an alert on your system so that when the last trade goes through a certain price, you can pick up the phone and start working an order, for example. Another way is to use, you know, put a smaller order in uh, close to the price and use a limit so that if there is an enormous amount of buying, you don't face such slippage as to make the order, you know, not practical. Because as you know, once the trade, once the price trades at or through your stop price, it becomes a market order. Well, if things are going berserk and the whole world is caught off guard, you can trust that there will be probably thousands to tens of thousands of contracts that need to be purchased for one reason or another or want to be purchased at various prices. And those, are, those orders will come in fast and furious. So once you get elected, you might not get filled for uh, quite some time as far as price is concerned. We call that slippage, right, or skid. Um, now, there's a point where that's reasonable. You know, if you're buying a stock and you get one or two cents slippage or skid, you probably rest assured know that there's a lot of buyers in and around those levels, which is typically a good thing. Sometimes there's a saying that goes, the worse the fill, the better the trade, meaning the worse the execution price. But there's a point where that doesn't make sense. Um, so you might say, I'm going to put an order in at a certain price and then I'll put a limit on top of that so that if the order gets elected I'll get filled at any price between the stop price and my limit so the limit price would be above you know my uh, my stop price the risk to that is that you don't get filled or you don't get filled on the entire position you know so you, that's just the way that it goes you'll have to you know try it out and see what makes sense for you if you put it in at the same price, you know, you might not get anything. If you have an order for 20 contracts, you might get filled on any number of them, but not the 20. So does that, that, does that even make sense for you at that point? Especially if the 20 is really like your first risk unit, you know, whereas you're putting on maybe one half to one fourth of your optimal size. If you can't get, you know, anything but say one fifth of one fourth of your optimal size on, in that strategy doesn't even make sense. Is it worth your while at that point? Another way people do it, um, yet they have to come up with money, would be to consider buying, you know, uh, further out of the money call options, a little bit longer dated. You have to be mindful of the decay, but nonetheless, you can kind of, you can trade in and out of those, reset them, you know, so that you kind of keep them, have maybe two to three months of expiration going at any given time. And as you start to get closer to expiration, you just roll them. That can be expensive, but, you know, option traders kind of know these things. I wouldn't call myself the world's greatest options trader. If I had questions like that, I obviously have a team of people I could speak to. Um... Anyway, so those are some of my thoughts. Like you, I think the, the question kind of came in like there's a report in the, in the soybean market and the market spiked. It almost moved the full limit, I think, last week or so. And so, you know, how, how do you hedge against missing such a move? And I think it's very, very difficult because unless you're following that market, you know, it wouldn't show up on your radar to begin with. So you wouldn't even know to have that order up 
above the market, you know, to get triggered or elected if there was a sharp move, a bullish move. You could do the same thing if you think markets are overvalued and certain names are going to have a big fall from grace. You could put in orders to sell something short, you know, below the market with a stop. And then place a limit even below that so that as the, as the thing crashes or corrects, you know, you get filled on some size. Maybe you get all of it. So you could do it that way. You could also buy, you know, out of the money puts as well and do the same type of a deal. So those are the things that I know of. It's obviously tough to discuss on, a, on an audio-only file and not show you a chart or, or PDF kind of presentation. But at least it gives you food for thought. You can go out and do your own research on how to handle that. Anyway, if you haven't gotten a copy of the audiobook version of The Inner Voice of Trading, you can get it for free over at Martin Chronicle. It's for free. It's on me. Thank you very much for being here, and I'll see you tomorrow.